I'm your host, Heidi Ramore, and I'm really excited to finally talk to you about money dates and how I structure them in my own home and also how I advise a lot of my private clients to do the same thing. You know, having a money date, it can be something that can transform your finances, but it also can be very intimidating and very scary, especially if you've never done anything like this before. So first of all, I want to preface this by saying you do not have to be in a relationship to have a money date. I think that that is a common misconception that, you know, and I don't know, maybe you've never heard the term money date. So this might all be new for you, but I know when I first heard it, I was like, oh, okay, but what if you're single? Like, what if you don't share finances with somebody? Um, you know, how how do you have these money dates? And I think the concept is the same and the structure and the framework gets to be the same, whether you are doing them by yourself or whether you are involving your partner. So, you know, there's no really no excuse. You can definitely do this if you are somebody who isn't in a relationship or doesn't share finances with somebody. Um, but they're especially impactful if you are in a relationship. It just really does help keep you on track. So first of all, I want to talk about what the heck is a money date. In my opinion, a money date is just an opportunity to have a regular conversation, a regular touch point about money. Very simple, right? So I think that we can definitely go a little bit too long talking about money matters. And then when, typically when we are talking about money, it's at a critical point, right? So either something has happened that we don't like and it creates an argument or just things have gotten out of hand and now we're embarrassed, we feel shame, we feel guilt, we have all those emotions coming up for us and it makes that conversation feel even scarier than it needs to be. So I like the idea of having a regular touch point and I mean, regular can mean whatever it means to you. So it can mean weekly, it can mean biweekly, it can mean monthly, but I wouldn't go any more than once a month. So just have that touch point once a month at, at, at the like outward, you know, like once a month would be the maximum time period I would go without uh, checking in with your partner or even with yourself around money. Um, I really do recommend weekly. And for some of you that if you've historically argued with your partner about about money, the last thing you probably want to do is talk about money re regularly. And I get that. But I will tell you in the couples that I've helped and counseled on their money stuff, um, the ones that have implemented it weekly have really found the most transformation in being able to talk to their partners about money. And the reason for that is because when you can do it regularly and weekly, it, it you're never getting too far out of control in something, or you're never letting something fester for too, too long for it to be, create that argument. Um, so it might start out really, really small and really short and really awkward. And there might be an argument the first couple of times you do it. But the way that I'm going to outline for you to conduct these money dates, I think will really set the stage for having a meaningful, positive conversation around money, um, which kind of leads me into, you know, how to structure it and, and the framework around it. So in my opinion, a money date is not to look at the past. A money date is really your opportunity to look forward in the future for things that are coming up with all things that you're going to spend your money on, right? So I'm not talking about paying the mortgage or paying bills or things like that, unless you're really struggling in that area and you need to have a conversation about meeting your financial obligations. That's one thing. But most of the time, what I find um, 
for the women that I end up working with is their bills are okay. It's it's the variable spending that gets out of control and the emotional spending and things like that. So I think it really does give you an opportunity to look forward in the week, the two next two weeks, the next month of what's coming up in that month that you both need to be aware of. So sometimes there'll be, you know, one couple, one person who is maybe the spender and one that's maybe the saver. Okay. If we can categorize a couple as a saver and a spender. And so when you have that dynamic, when you're coming together and when it, let's say I'm the saver and my partner is the spender, which is not, it's actually the opposite in our relationship, but we'll go with this for a second. Um, You know, if I'm the saver and all of a sudden I start seeing my husband start ordering things online and packages start arriving and I don't know what the heck he's ordering. It's kind of like, why are we, we just had a conversation where, you know, we're not spending money in this area and we're, you know, saving for this goal or whatever the conversation is. And so some resentment might start to build up. Whereas if you have this, you know, conversation about what's coming up, what the spending looks like, and that's why the shorter the time frame, the better, because, you know, a week is easy for you to kind of look and say, okay, what's coming up this week? Do we have kids' birthday parties? Do we have, um, you know, an event that we have to go to? Is there, do the kids need winter boots? Like what's coming up that you need to maybe order or um, just purchase? And, and really, really utilize that variable spending. So it's an opportunity for you to look forward and not dwell on the past because the past, unless you can return it, it's just going to create an argument and it's going to bring up old, old feelings that maybe you've never dealt with in the past. So my suggestion is treat your money date as a regular opportunity to talk about money in a way that's positive and forward thinking. So we're really looking at the future here. And that's why I do recommend you know, a weekly money date, do it every week. Um, That's going to be your easiest. I know for some of you might sound like really scary and hard, but that's going to actually be your easiest is if you do it once a week. And um, I also think that doing it once a week will really help you because especially when you're, you're looking at your week ahead, you know, if you're creating your grocery plan or if your partner does the grocery shopping, you know, it gives you an opportunity to say, how many days a week are we here? Are we, you know, do we, the kids have sports Tuesdays and Thursdays, which means we need a really easy meal idea for those days. And the rest of the days, maybe we're repurposing some meals. Um, Doing some meal planning will actually really, really help you manage some of your variable spending because that's normally your largest variable spending category, right? Grocery shopping. So if you're able to sit down regularly with your partner or even with yourself, make that meal plan and really be able to say, okay, we've got to order takeout twice this week. There's nothing wrong with ordering takeout if it's in your plan, right? And sometimes it's not within your plan. You just don't feel like cooking and that's okay too. Um, so it's really to tune into the kind of household that you are, right? If you're the household that likes to order pizza on Friday nights, instead of beating yourself up for spending money on that, embrace it, right? And work it into your meal plan. So now you know that Friday's meal is taken care of. So you don't need to buy groceries for that day, right? You don't need to buy the dinner the dinner groceries for that day. And so that really, really, really will help you. So once you've established kind of the frequency, here's here's the plan. Here's the structure of, of where I see money dates really working well. Um, so actually step one is decide on the frequency. How often are you guys going to 
meet to have your money date. Again, if you're single, when are you going, how often do you want to have this check-in with yourself to stay on track? Uh, So that's step number one. Step number two is picking, once you've decided on the frequency, it's what day and what time are we going to actually have this happen? And I do suggest you put it in your calendar, Uh, treat it like an appointment, treat it like any other thing that you don't want to miss. If you feel that your money stuff has gotten to a point where you need to pay attention now, you need to pay attention to it. And so by paying attention to it, treat it with the respect that it deserves and have that regular touch point with yourself, with your partner, and keep it on the same time and the same day every single week. Uh, if you chose, if you chose weekly, for example, if you chose bi-weekly, have it on the same every two weeks, maybe it's on payday, whatever the case may be, have it be the same. If you're choosing monthly, have it be the beginning of the month or even the, the, the final week the final, like maybe the last Sunday of, of the month so that you're planning for the whole next month. Um, but again, I do recommend it being more frequent than monthly. So pick a day, pick a time, put it on your calendar. The third aspect of a money date is to review your goals. So what is it that you want? Especially if you're having, a, if you're maybe you're paying, trying to pay down some debt or you have some really big goals that you want to achieve, having that regular touch point with your goal is going to be really important, especially since money is so emotional. If we feel like we're off track in our goals, the tendency might be to adjust the goal. It might also be to throw our hands up and say, well, I guess we'll try next year. And so I don't want you to get to that point. And while you are doing these money dates, if you're having these regular touch points with yourself and with your partner uh, to review your goals, Goals can always change. That's it's your money. You got to decide what goals you have for your family. And I know our goals change. Uh, sometimes we start out the year with a certain goal, and then midway through, we're like, you know what? It's not really in alignment now because we've even changed from six months ago. So I think it's important that your goals can change. That's okay as long as you guys are in agreement with it. But have that regular review of it so that you know what you're saving for, what you're you know, why you're not going, why you're maybe saying no to certain things that aren't in alignment with how you want to feel and all those different touch points. It's, it's really, really important that you stay on track and you do that by regularly visiting your goals. Um, the fourth structure or framework first, fourth step, I guess, out of this uh, framework is to plan out your spending. So if you've decided on every two weeks, you and your partner are meeting for your money date, then Plan out the next two weeks. What do groceries look like? What events are coming up? Um, What gifts do you need to buy? What clothing is there? What date nights are you having? And and be able to plan it out. And that way you can manage your spending, right? We, We don't need to be perfect at this, but it's like when we completely forget that our nephew is turning one and then now all of a sudden we have a $100 expense come up. If we are tight enough as it is, we're getting into holiday season, it can just spiral really quickly. And then we can start to shame and guilt ourselves into saying that we can't stick to our budget or, you know, things aren't working out for us. And that's really only because we weren't looking at the calendar to see what was coming up. A lot of things we know are going to happen. We know we need an oil change, right? We know when that's coming. We know when, um, we have a hair appointment, or we know when we want to get our nails done, or we know when we need to go get our eyebrows waxed, which mine need to get waxed, (laughs) all those different things, right? And so if we know that, we can allocate funds for that in an appropriate way, instead of being caught really flat-footed. 
So by planning out our spending will really, really help. So that's step four. And you can do that as a couple. Step five, I think is really important. And it doesn't need to go in this order, by the way. It, it's just part of what should be in your, in your money date is to really talk about any wins that you guys had over the, since the last money date. So did you find that your, you know, Costco run went really smoothly because you actually had a list share that, right? Celebrate that. And again, if you're single, um, or if you're not sharing a money date with somebody, celebrate yourself in that. If you, um, were able to really connect to how you wanted to feel and you said no to something because it wasn't in alignment with that, celebrate it. If you said yes to something because it, it did bring you to how you wanted to feel and you felt like that spending was in alignment with that, celebrate it. Um, pat yourselves on the back, you know, give yourselves that those wins. I think that really helps in the journey. Um, and sometimes it's even celebrating that you took two steps backwards. It's because you didn't let it spiral, right? If this was, if you were an emotional eater and we were talking about emotional eating and you found yourself, you know, elbow deep in the cookies, but you stopped yourself, you put it away and you got right back. You drank you know, a gallon of water, you did your workout the next day, you got right back onto it. Celebrate that, that you were able to recognize that what you were doing was not getting you close to your goals and you were able to stop it and get back on. That would, to me, would be a celebration. So that's really step five is celebrating your wins. And then number step six would really be note any challenges that you had. So you notice my language here. I'm not saying talk about how you failed. Like I'm just saying, Note any challenges that you had. Did you find that you turned to retail therapy, so shopping, when you were feeling stressed and overwhelmed? Have that conversation. Note that in a journal or something, if you're doing it by yourself, that, wow, when I feel really emotional, I actually find that I am, um, I actually find that I am I'm spending more, right? And so I think that that's really, really, really important. Uh, I'm just going to pin my video. Um, so I think that that's super, super important, right? Is to have those touch points with yourself to celebrate not only the wins, but also to be able to talk about some of the, um, the challenges that you might be having. So I think that's really important. And then the last thing that I would really say when it comes to money dates is to review any sinking funds. So as you no, I talk a lot about sinking funds. If you haven't listened to that episode in the podcast, please go back and listen to that. Um, or search it even in this group to find uh, sinking fund information. But it gives you a good chance to go back to your sinking funds and be able to really see, are we on track? Are we, did we forget about something? Um, I mean, I was just working with a client and they forgot about their credit card annual fee, right? And so that was... $120 that they weren't expecting to have put on their card. And so by having a sinking fund, being able to take care of that really, really does help. So it's just taking a second and reviewing your sinking funds. How are they? Are they looking good? Um, did you have to dip into something maybe unexpected and just manage it that way? So if we're looking at the whole structure as a whole, the whole framework, number one is how often are you having your money dates? Number two is really picking that day and time of when you're going to have them and put it in your calendar and honor them. Number three is to review any goals that you have to make sure that you're constantly coming back and being centered in what the goal is. Like, why are we even doing this? 
Number four is planning out your spending for the duration of time until your next money date. So again, if it's weekly, you're going to spend it, you're going to look at planning out your week in terms of grocery shopping, events, things like that, things that are coming up. Um, Number five, we're going to celebrate any wins that we have uh, with each other or with yourself if you're doing them by yourself. Uh, Number six is you're going to know any challenges, any emotions that you're feeling when maybe you're getting off, feeling yourself sliding back into old habits or getting um, off track in any way. You're just going to note any challenges and then maybe make a plan to, you know, what are some healthy behaviors that I can, that I can implement when I'm feeling this way or when I notice myself doing these certain behaviors. And then the last step, number seven, is to review those sinking fund balances. So that's really it. When it comes to money dates, it doesn't need to be this big, scary thing. It can really be something that, um, dare I say it, is fun. <laughs> um, I think as regu- as more regular it becomes, it is going to feel better and it's going to just become a habit. And after all, when we're looking at our money and we're looking at spending, it's really to, to take a look at how can we be consistent in our habits to stay on track. And that's really the name of the game. Let's be consistent. And this is a really great framework to help you be able to be consistent. So I hope that helps. If you found this helpful, please uh, make sure you're letting me know. You can uh, screenshot this episode, throw it up in your stories and tag me at Heidi Rumor. I'm really, really happy uh, whenever I hear from anybody. And I will see you next time on the next episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. Bye everyone.